This is Susanna Hills Podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. And so this morning we're continuing our um, Sit, Walk, Stand series looking at the book of Ephesians. If you've been enjoying your time in your life group, just meditating, pondering, I'm hoping that if you've missed any of the, the messages that you can obviously check it out on our website and on YouTube and all the different ways, or actually even better, you can just download our app, and then you can, uh, you can get it all straight to your phone every week, uploaded there. So friends, this morning as we continue, I want to, we've been looking at the, the, the different postures that God wants you and I to, to take on, to embrace in our Christian walk. When Paul's writing the, uh, to the Ephesians, he's trying to, to give them an understanding and an experience of the full Christian life. He doesn't want them to lack in anything, and so he encourages them in specific realities. And the first posture, obviously, we've looked at is the posture of sitting. First of all, you and I need to understand if we are followers of Jesus, we are seated with Christ, we are united with Him. And remember that little picture that Watchman Nee had, you know, of, of if you take a $100 bill, put it inside the book, close it, and you set the book, book alight, if it all burns up, by the end, you can't differentiate what's the dollar bill or hundred dollar bill in the book. In the same way, you and I are united with Christ in every way. And we, to get to such a place when the Holy Spirit fire burns in our lives, uh, all of those things are burnt away and, and, and nobody can differentiate. We actually all look like Jesus. That's really the idea. We want to be seated with Christ. We also want to walk with Him. And Murdoch did such a great job last week. Just speaking to us about the, the jacket, you know, you guys remember the jacket. I, I, I watched the video when I was, it was so beautiful uh, being able to just even streaming in and watching some of the guys watching online right now. Um, it's, a, it's a great resource. It's much better when we're in the room. Uh, Ains and I were in Poch and we brought on uh, Gideon and Renee onto our eldership team in Poch. want to encourage you to continue to pray for the church, you know, Poch congregation. Uh, they are really literally bursting at their the- seams. They've got, a, they've got a venue problem pretty soon. And so it's been amazing to see how the Lord's doubled them even in this last year. And I'm trusting that God's going to continue to use us to walk out this plan and purpose that He has for us. And friends, that means that we have to put off the old self and put on Christ. That means that we need to, as, as Murdoch shared with us, we need to find ourselves walking with Jesus. But then we also need to have moments where we are standing where we have a moment where, we, where we're encountering Him, and we take up this posture, and that's what I'm going to be speaking to us today. The title of my message uh, today is, we're going to look at three aspects, and it's, it's going to be, we, we really, I want you to hear this. I want you to, at the end of this message, as you walk away today, I want you to do three things. I want you to look up, I want you to open up, and I want you to stand up. Those are the three things we're going to be looking at today. And as we look at this particular passage um, towards the end of, of Ephesians, Paul is beginning to, he's given them, you know, understanding of their, their position in Christ. He's given them, how do we walk out this faith, you know, in our relationships, in our families, in the world that we're living in, reminding us of the finished work of what Christ has done. But then he says in, in uh, chapter 6, verse 10 to 11, he says, finally, 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 listen to this, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of your might, no, His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the, this present darkness, 
against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, today's message is going to be a little bit of a two-part. Next week, I'm going to finish off. We're going to look at a little bit more in a deep, deeper sense in terms of um, the armor of God and how do we wage a good warfare. But today, I want us to understand these three things. We want to look up, we want to open up, and we want to stand up. And we, the first thing we need to understand, and this is what Paul's saying, is we have to understand that there is a spiritual reality that is at work. And there is a battle that is being waged. You and I cannot live and shouldn't live, um, you know, outside of the knowledge and the acknowledgement of that. Now, many of us can go, you know, to the extremes where we're over-focused on what's the enemy doing, what's the devil doing. I remember years ago, there was a, a young lady who visited our church, and she sat down in our visitor's area, and, uh, you know, we just had a glorious time in our celebration, and uh, she was clearly, you know, experiencing some challenges in her life, and, and she, she looked up, and she's like, I just see demons everywhere. There's a demon in that corner, and a demon in that corner, and, and AC was like, um, we've actually, we've only actually experienced the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit here. Um, you know, let's, let's not focus, let's, let's bring our focus in the, in the right frame. That doesn't mean that the devil doesn't exist. And many of us, as C.S. Lewis says, you know, our mistake we make in this world is we live as, as though the devil doesn't exist. And that actually, you know, is part of the reason why I believe we are not sitting, walking, and standing the way God wants us to. Why we're not seeing the fruit in our lives the way that I believe God wants us to experience and that Jesus paid with his precious blood that you and I would be able to access. And I feel like it's really important for us to, to start off by having a real understanding that there are rulers, there are authorities, there are um, you know, those cosmic powers that are at work. Um, there is this reality that the world around us, if you've looked at, you know, to switch on the, the news, darkness is all around that, and in many ways it feels like it's always increasing. But you know what? You can't switch the darkness on. You switch the light on and the darkness flees. And that's really where we come in. What God has done and wants us to walk in is He wants us to be salt and light in this world. He wants us to bring about the change and transformation. And we, but we need to understand that all of these things are subject to Jesus. We are no longer living you know, under these things, but we have now. Because we're in Christ, we're seated above that. We see this in, uh, in Ephesians 2 verse 1 to 2. It says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, which you once walked, walked following the course of this world, following the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work, at work in the sons of obedience. You and I found ourselves at one point submitted to these powers and authorities. And many ways for a Christian, there are areas in our lives that we don't allow God into. As Mali was saying, and some of the prophetic words that have been coming, God wants us to put off. He wants us to shake off. He wants us to let go of those things that we still continue to yield ourselves under that. Now, you and I need to see that in this, in this um, you know, verse in, in chapter 6 about there are some schemes of the devil that God wants you and I to stand against. We need to put on the, the full armor of God so that we would be able to stand against the schemes of the enemy. And during our preacher's meeting, it's just part of our prep. Uh, so if you guys think I've, I preach really well, it's because I've got a good team of people helping me. But one of the things that Craig shared with us was that if you and I in our lives, God is helping us to raise different standards in our lives. There's different things that we are constantly saying, Lord, my, my marriage, I'm submitting that to you, Lord. And as I'm working on it, as I'm yielding myself, I see, hey, Lord, you are 
you're working this out. It's, it feels like this thing is coming up. It's, it's standing strong. My identity in you, God, is I'm no longer you know, running and insecure, but now I'm, I'm secure in you, Lord. Yeah. I, I want to trust you, Lord, with my finances, with my relationships, with my workplaces. And so we raise these standards, but they, they seem quite fragile. Hey, I, I don't know about you, but my, my life is a bit fragile at times. And, and the picture that um, Craig shared with us was that the enemy's schemes are like this. It's basically a scheme of the enemy, and all he needs to do is bump over one. One little scheme makes us lose progress that we've made. And often we feel like, you know, now I've got to, oh, I've got to put it all back together again. It's a struggle. Oh, I don't know. Oh, there it falls over again. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Sometimes they, and we feel like, you know, where's the enemy at work in these things? And as we were sharing um, just around this on the, 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 the Wednesday mornings, we have the, this preacher's meeting. And afterwards, I was sharing with my kids. I said to them, you know, this was a, quite a cool thing that we spoke about this morning. You know, the enemy's schemes come up against us. And all it is, it's just, he just, it's one, one domino. He just wants to push one thing over that's going to cause a whole ripple effect. You've had that, you know. You wake up in the morning, oh, Lord Jesus, I'm so excited, it's going to be good. And then, you know, you bump your toe, or your, you know, the milk's finished, or somebody forgot something, you're late. The whole day is like a, is a mess. And we've allowed the schemes of the enemy to dictate everything else. But God wants you and I to take a stand. He wants us to look up. He wants us to open up, and he wants us to stand up. And so you and I need to understand that the, the enemy's schemes is his, his purpose, his whole agenda is to destroy, to distract, and to deceive. To distract, deceive, and to destroy. And this is really the reality, friends. You and I shouldn't live our Christian life without this knowledge. Now, you might ask me, like, Gareth, but now how, does, how do these schemes of the enemy, if he wants to distract me, um, I'll, I won't say more. I'll just leave, the, I'll just leave it here. It's fine. You, you get the point. Our distractions are so, so many of them. You know, so many opportunities. The schemes of the enemy comes, and then the very things that we felt we were going to resist, we were going to build up, so quickly, they've all fallen over because we've allowed ourselves to be distracted. And then can I say, can we be bold and say, no, I'm going to look up, I'm going to open up and I'm going to stand up against these realities. And I'm, I'm going to delete the app. You know, Facebook's already, they, we've heard this week, they're not doing so great. Instagram struggling with their algorithms. Twitter, I mean, they've got a new boss in town. I don't really know if they're going to be sticking around, what's going on. There's so many things that are actually just, they've just geared towards distracting us. But they also, the, the enemy wants to deceive us. And Paul wants you and I, as you, as you read through the book of Ephesians, he wants us to understand that how are you and I deceived is when we see a good thing that becomes an ultimate thing. Then we are deceived because a truth that's a half-truth becomes a deception. For, for Adam and Eve, back in the, in the book of uh, Genesis, the Garden of Eden, all he did was just plant a little, but did God really say Will you really die? Oh, surely God wouldn't kill you. I mean, he's just made you guys, so why would he kill you? And that's a deception that comes in. For some of us, deception comes into our hearts and minds when, when we allow those things to, to ponder. We, we allow it to think through 
And then before we know it, the dominoes begin to fall and we've given ourselves over to the schemes of the enemy. The enemy also wants to destroy, friends. And this is the reality. And I've just seen when I've yielded myself to the schemes of the enemy, when I've allowed God's, you know, God's plan and purpose to be put on the shelf in my life, I found myself so many times falling in, in darkness and destruction. My relationships fall apart. My finances don't look the way they're supposed to. The opportunities and the, the blessings that God's given me, actually some of them become a curse. They become something that is a burden to me. And you and I need to understand that we can resist and should resist against these things. Now, when we were sharing with my kids about these dominoes and how they would fall, my youngest, Kaylin, she's eight years old. She piped up in the middle of our conversation. She said, you know, Daddy, so it's like when, the, when we allow the schemes of the enemy to fall, it's like all of our dominoes, they become dark, like black. We allow the good that's been done to be destroyed because we've allowed ourselves to be distracted and to be deceived and to be destroyed. But she says, you know, Daddy, when we raise our dominoes, we actually allow, she's like, it's like a rainbow that begins to shine. It's God's rainbow begins to shine. And I was like, wow, this is what a beautiful picture. And as I was preparing, the Lord actually reminded me of this passage in Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verse 10. He says, so that, this is, God has given the church, so that the church, that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. How do you and I resist the enemy? His schemes coming against us, those things, from, from, stop things from going black, but actually allow God's ultimate light to shine, His rainbow light, as Galen put it, is when you and I understand that we have a part to play. And it's through you and I that God wants to reveal His manifold wisdom. Now, interesting as I was preparing, this word manifold in the original language means multicolored. It was used when describing many colors of a painting or tapestry in the ancient world. When speaking about God's wisdom, it is describing um, the many angles, hues, and dimensions of God's knowledge and its application in all things. How amazing that God reveals to an eight-year-old His purpose that you, when you and I yield ourselves, when we say, Lord, I'm going to raise a standard, I'm going to stand up, I'm going to look up, and I'm going to open up, I'm going to allow you to rule in my life, then your manifold wisdom is going to be put on display for all the world to see. Everyone will come to know Jesus. Now, everything changes when we submit ourselves to Christ. In every moment, I want to encourage us to look to Jesus and to allow Him to reveal Himself to us. It says in Ephesians 2 verse 4 to 7, it says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him. How dramatic is that, huh? <laughs> in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness towards us in Christ. Friends, you and I need to understand, yes, the enemy is at work. Yes, the enemy does distract, destroy, and deceive. But when we understand that we are seated with Christ, and we are now living out, we've put off the old self, we've put on Christ, 
which we'll be looking at next week. The armor of God is a picture of us putting God on. It's the characteristics of God, being filled with God in increasing measure. When we do that, we allow God's rule and reign to work within us. Colossians 1 verse 13 to 14 says, Jesus has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. God has transferred you and I from the, the dominion of darkness into his kingdom. This is our reality. This is where we stand. This is where we live. So Christ has been, has been raised above all rule and authority. And you and I do not have to be afraid we don't have to be consumed by what the enemy is doing, what's his tactics, what's happening. When we seek God, he reveals to us what we should be doing. There's so many moments in the, in the scriptures, I don't really ever see someone getting up and saying, I'm going to give the devil a hiding today. Yeah. Nowhere in scripture do we see that. We see disciples of Jesus on mission with him, following in obedience to what he has said, and when they encounter resistance, which all of us experience, they deal with those things swiftly, as we'll see towards the end of my message. So Jesus says in Matthew 28, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. So he has the authority, but what does he do? He then commissions us and says, in, because of that authority, you now go. So we are God's kingdom agents bringing transformation to this world. And I want to encourage us. I want to implore us. Can we begin to live like that, church? Can we live with that authority? Can we begin to take hold of what God has done? Christ is the head of the church. He's exalted over all rulers and authority. We see that in Ephesians 1, verse 20 to 23. He has also identified every believer, of one of us, um, has been identified with Christ in his exaltation. We are seated with him. That's our position. We see that in, in Ephesians 2, verse 5 to 6. But we also need to understand that Jesus, the resurrected Christ, holds the keys to Hades and death. And so never ever, even if you are experiencing, and I've experienced this in my life, where I've come against serious demonic op uh, opposition. And in those moments, the only thing I need to remember, and the only thing I need to speak, I speak Jesus. I speak Jesus over every aspect because every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. But you and I need to understand, as we see in the New Testament examples, the seven sons of Sceva, they like exorcists, they like popping devils, they're the ghostbusters, you know, as they go along. And these demons say to them, hey guys, Paul we know, because they're like, we cast you out in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. And they said to him, hey, Paul we know, Jesus we definitely know, but who are you? And they have to they get chucked out, you know, in their birthday suits. It is amazing for me to see how often we want to take hold of certain things and even fight things, but in our own strength. And it's our job, friends, to learn to actually look up to God, to open ourselves up to Him and to stand firm upon what He has said. There's a beautiful ex expression, maybe just to make it a little bit more practical, Beautiful example of this in the life of the disciples when I believe this will be, give you and I some practical handles of how do I look up, how do I open up, and how do I stand up. Now in, in Acts chapter uh, 16, we see that Paul and Silas, they're going around to, to preach. It's amazing that they want to go into 
Asia, and the Holy Spirit is preventing them. Sometimes God prevents us, and we think it's the devil. And in this moment of them wrestling it through, they get this Macedonian call saying, come over to Philippi, come over here, come and preach the gospel. And so they enter into the city, they preach the gospel, and then there's this slave girl who, who follows them everywhere, you know, like a little extra tag on. And she is saying these words over and over. It says, these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. A demon is proclaiming the gospel. And I love just the example. I mean, they, they, she kept on doing this for many days. Paul's like not really phased by her. He's proclaiming the gospel. He's got a mission. The dominoes in his life have been set up. He's not going to give in to the schemes of the enemy as a distraction. That's going to set him off course. He just carries on. But then it says at one point, it's, I love it, it says, Paul having become greatly annoyed. <laughs> Friends, there are some of us, you've got some some things in your life that have been like a little chihuahua Yapping, yapping, yapping. And you are happily tolerating it. But we need to get like Paul and get a bit annoyed. Let's get up in, in let's do some business. Let's get, let, get rid of these things that distract and deceive and destroy us. Let's put to death those things. Because that's not our identity. But it's amazing to see that in the midst of this, the spiritual realm is at work. The gospel is being preached. Paul delivers this girl. He, he, he proclaims and says that she should be um, set free in the name of Jesus. Then all of a sudden, they were, they were having a good time. All of a sudden, all of the whole city is up against them. Because her owners, obviously, they were making money. Just, just see the picture of the world that we live in. All of these things, the distractions we have, all of those things are just aimed at just making some more money, making someone else rich, building another kingdom. And when you and I do not have a clear picture, we're going to go along with it. But we see that Paul then experiences great resistance, actually to the point of being flogged, being beaten. How many of us have actually resisted to that point? To the point of shedding our blood. That's what Jesus did for us on our behalf. And I believe God wants you and I, if we want to stand, if we want to walk out what God wants to do within us and accomplish through us, and if we want to be a people that are secure in Him, seated with Christ in heavenly places, above all of these things, these powers, rulers, and authorities, we've got to be willing to sometimes endure persecution and challenges. Go a little bit hungry because I'm fasting. And praying, and I'm contending for more. Put off that extra purchase on the credit card for a few extra months. Because I've got something bigger I'm working on. Not trying to impress anybody in my work. Being, being someone that's, that's trustworthy. Not yielding myself to some of those pressures and someone looking, ah, you're trying to score some points here. Oh man, why don't you, you your car, man, you, should, you could get another car. No, I'm going to, I'm going to, be wise with my finances. I'm not going to yield myself to the schemes of the enemy. And so Paul then finds himself in prison. And this is where our look up, open up, and stand up begins to unfold. We see this in, uh, at about midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Friends, 
if you're experiencing resistance, if you're being bound, these guys bound, the way that you and I experience freedom is we begin to look up. We look up to the face of our King and we worship Him. In the midst of the trials and the enemies even that are against us, we need to look up, friends. We need to find ourselves worshiping God because when we do that, people around us, they see, they take notice. In the midst of that, that's when the shackles begin to fall, when circumstances around us get broken free and we find ourselves in greater security with God. It continues to say that the, the prison doors opened and this you know, God, he is like, he's in trouble. He's ready to kill himself because he's like, all the, all the, the prisoners have ex escaped. And in the midst of that, Paul speaks now. He says, no, no, no. We're all still here. We're all here. And in that moment, he realizes, as the gates open up for them, as his own life begins to open, his eyes are opened up. And he begins to see the power of God at work in his life. For us personally, friends, as we look up to God, God is going to begin to open up some things in our lives. And it's our choice whether or not we're going to keep those blessings to ourselves or we're going to actually look to our neighbor and say, listen, this is how God's outworking this in my life. My family members, this is, this is what I've experienced. I've encountered the presence of the living God and this is what God's been revealing to me. And so you can open up your heart and your life to God. This prison warden, basically his whole life changes. He actually takes them out of the prison to his family and, he, and they receive Christ as well. And they were baptized as well. I want to encourage you, friends, if you've not been baptized in water, and Jesus is the Lord of your life, one of those things that we do when we strengthen the dominoes, where we no longer yield to the schemes of the enemy, is when we walk in obedience. And Jesus commanded us that when we receive him, that we would be baptized. If you would like to be baptized, stop by the, the info desk. We'd love to arrange for you uh, to do that. But our whole family is transformed when disciples choose to look up and when God begins to open things up. But lastly, friends, we see in this passage, it's a very long uh, passage. I mean, it's the, the, in, almost the entire uh, chapter uh, 16 the last thing that happens is these rulers and authorities, the magistrates, the people of the city, they all of a sudden realize, oops, we're dealing with, with someone that's, that's, uh, that's got some authority. We're dealing with someone that's actually we've wronged. And so they try to very quietly, okay, Paul, thanks so much, sorry, we're, enjoy, just don't tell anybody, just keep it here, keep it here, you know? But Paul, in that moment, it says that Paul reminds them the reason why they, they feel so fearful is because they realize Paul is actually a Roman citizen. Friends, when the world begins to see that you and I are not citizens of South Africa, but we are actually citizens of heaven, they're going to start changing their tune. They're going to begin to take notice of your, of your life. They're going to be, begin to ask you and say, listen, help, help, help us make things right. We've, we've done some things wrong. We need to make some things right. And in the midst of that, friends, that's when what happened with Paul is he stood up. 
And he said to them, listen, this is, you are trying to just sort of keep it down on the down low, but actually we want to use this opportunity as a platform to preach the gospel in increasing measure. And friends, you and I, I want to encourage you that in your life, as you stand with God, as you begin to take up that posture, as you look up to God and experience His power, as you see God begin to open up situations in your life, that you would not waste the opportunity you have, but that you would stand up in those moments and say, Lord, I want to bring you glory. I want to let people around me know and understand your love and your grace. I want to actually express what God has placed within me for God's glory because I know that that is His purpose and plan. God has never, our blessings and favor was never meant for us to keep for ourselves. And so many Christians are like, oh, I'm on my way to heaven. Don't you want to go? Like, we're just like, oh, that's the only thing that I want in the rest. I'm just going to, as long as I have my blessings, things just don't go too difficult for me. But actually, friends, God wants us to, to be willing to endure some hardships, to resist the enemy, to stand up against some of those schemes and allow God's light to shine through us that we will be able to experience Him. And so as I close, I want to just take a moment. I want to encourage, ask you just to, every, every eye um, closed, just to take a moment to look up. I know we've, we've looked up to God, but even right now, I want you and I to fix our eyes on Jesus I'm going to ask the music team to please join me. Begin to behold your King and your Lord and your God. See the love in His eyes and the acceptance that you experience. As you do that, I'm going to encourage you to open your heart to the possibilities of what God might want to do. Even the possibilities of being set free from some of those things that you've been struggling with. Right now, I believe God wants to set us free from a mentality that says, I'm a slave to these things. I've been shackled, I'm in chains, I'm imprisoned by these things. As you're looking up, I believe God's opening up your heart. Some of you may have, ha have come today and you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I'm not saying that that means, you know, yes, Jesus, I believe in Jesus. No, it means that, that you're no longer submitting yourself to these rulers, to these authorities, to the things of this world, but you're now wanting to live in loving obedience to Him. This morning, I want to encourage you to open up your heart and your life to Him, to allow Jesus to come in, to take the seat of the throne of your heart. And then, friends, I want to encourage us all to stand up as a sign to say, Lord, today I'm rising. I'm raising up my life, my perspective. I'm no longer going to be passive. I'm no longer going to miss those opportunities that I can share the gospel with others. But, Lord, I want to allow you to shine through my life. I want to encounter you on a daily basis. And I want to share you with others. So friends, as we, we close, we're going to close with raise a hallelujah. I want to encourage you to stand. And allow, just as a response, just as we sing this song, as a response to what God has revealed. Saying, Lord, I want to stand today 
I want to raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemy. Because you have given me the victory. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook for our updates, celebration times or ways you can get involved. We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live, so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.